Hi, and welcome to the Chainsaw Carving Podcast. In this episode, I get to talk with John Brady um, from Chainsaw Wood Sculpture, and John is in Australia. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, good, thanks, Molly. How are you? Good. Thanks for being on and figuring out the technology and everything. It's fun to be able to interview people on the other side of the world. Yeah, it's 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 all new to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the first question I have for you is, what's your story? How did you get started chainsaw carving? Um, well, I suppose I was originally a farmer, and I, I grew up on a farm, and um, uh, then I also was uh, earth moving contractor, and but I always had an interest in timber and and sculpture for some reason and um so whenever there was quiet times on the farm or if it was you know wet weather or whatever i'd i'd muck around with a chainsaw and um uh, i suppose i used to just do basic things like um chairs for the kids and stuff like that and um I suppose that's where I got started anyway. Okay. Have you ever seen any chainsaw carvings or were there any carvers around you or just not really? No, I'd, I'd never seen it before. And um, I, um, I I just thought it would be – I'd used chainsaws a fair bit because I had a, a bit of a sawmill as well and I uh, used to cut posts and things like that. And I always okay. thought it was just a, such a good tool, and um, I'm probably not very patient, so I thought it might be really quick to be able to carve things. Okay. And then where do you spend most of your time carving? Like, do you do a lot of collaborative pieces, or do you do more production work, or are you at carving events a lot? What do you do the most, do you think? Um, mostly now, I, I mainly do commission work. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, we have a gallery here and get a lot of orders through the gallery and also from the, over the internet, I suppose. And um, I, I think that's most of my work. I, I used to do a lot of shows and things, but... I'm sort of pretty busy just at home now. Sure. Okay. So when you when you did shows, were a lot of them like I've seen a lot of pictures of you in social media traveling. Like, did you do a lot of international shows? Yeah, yeah. That was. Um, I think I st- I started actually. The first one was ice carving in in uh, Canada, and. Okay. Um, even though I'd never done that before, um, I got asked to to go from another from an ice carver in Australia because they needed they needed more carvers, and um, and it was it was um, during the 2000 Olympic Games were going to be in Australia, so it was to promote um, Australia, I think. Okay. And, um, so that was my first trip overseas, and then I went back there again the next year, 
and I also went to Alaska the first year ice caving and but I do prefer the wood and so then I forget where the first um, oh that's right I went to Ridgeway the Ridgeway rendezvous and um, did some wood carving there and then got invited to go to England to the um, English Open. I think I was lucky enough to win that one that time. That's and cool. That's exciting. It was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> what did you carve that time? Do you remember? Sorry? What did you carve that time when you won? Do you remember? Yeah, I uh, did a. He's a, a famous Australian cricketer. And um, at the time, the Australians had just lost the cricket in England. And so the English thought that was a great joke. And so I came <laughs> this cricketer. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a big rivalry between England and Australia, the cricket. So yeah, that was two thousand five, I think. And then looking at your pages, you carve a lot of people. What got you started in that direction? Um, it probably probably started off as a bit of a joke in a way because um, I used. I, I like to do people, but I started doing like characters, caricatures, like you know, um, picking out the people's features and just doing them. And I started. I did my neighbour, who was another farmer, and and then um, I used to put sculptures in this um, rural supplies shop in town. Okay, and. I did one of the owner without telling him and just took it in there and put it there. So it sort of started off like that, I suppose. And they were pretty basic. And because um, back then I didn't have the, um, it was just standard chainsaw bars. So you couldn't do the, the whole detail and I never used to use anything else back then. Right. So I think that's how it started. Well, that's cool. It kind of sounds like you were inspired and it was something you wanted to do. That's that's neat. Just for example, like I carve a lot of owls, but I do it because my husband's hometown has the International Owl Center and just everybody orders owls. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't choose it. But No, no. Yeah, I suppose one of the ones I used to always get asked to do was wombats. <laughs> you know what a yeah. wombat is? <laughs> yeah. And I hate doing wombats. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, like uh, for some carvers here, it's all, all the bear, the bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wombats look so simple to do and yet they're, they're tricky to get looking right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I do pre prefer to do um, human sculptures because they're all different and, yeah, it takes a lot more thinking and whatever. 
So that kind of goes into my next question. I was going to ask you, you do a really good job with anatomy. What has helped you to learn human anatomy? I'm not sure if I do do a good job, but um, (laughs) there's a lot of better ones, better carvers that do better than me. But um, I I, I don't really study it. um, The only way I can get an idea of, of proportions is I always start at the top and do the, the face first and that gives me a better picture of the rest of the, the sculpture and um, yeah so I, I really don't know. <laughs> no that's okay and it's interesting how different people work because I've tried to work top down like you're talking about and then I get down a little further and realize that the head is too big and then I have to go back and recarve it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't yeah, do it well, that way. I, I suppose I'm, I, like, I, I make lots of mistakes. So, um, But it's the only way I know to do it. I, I, I can't do it the, the block out. Right. Um, and I, I can't do it by drawing on the wood. I just have to get the picture in my head more than anything. Yeah. And um, that's why I start at the top, and that seems to give me a better picture in my mind. And then my next question I was going to ask you, just kind of looking through your stuff, I saw that you have carving tools in your gallery. Do you sell carving tools to carvers, or, like, can people get, get things from you? Yeah, yeah, I've only just started getting them. They, um, I've got the Canon carving bars, and um, but the the manpower tools, carving tools. Yeah. Um, I presume you you've seen them and that, and they they're really good. And um, so I've got the dealership for them now. Um, and I've sold quite a few already, and the big problem at the moment is we can't get um, can't get stock over here because of the the virus. There's no um, you can't get freight here at the moment, so it's a bit of a problem. Okay. Yeah, I haven't used those manpaw. You say it manpaw? Am I saying it right? Manpaw. Yeah. Um, I haven't used them yet, but they're on my wish list. I'm hoping I'm hoping later this year I can get some. Yeah, I, I particularly like the the wider belt sander. Um, it's really good. It just fits to the angle grinder. Okay. All all their tools just fit on an angle grinder, and um, yeah, they they're really good. I haven't used all of them yet, but the ones I do, they're all. They're really good quality and everything. Do you go with a battery angle grinder or is, does yours have a cord? What do you prefer? I've just started getting some of the battery angle grinders and, um, yeah, it's so much better than tripping over the cord all the time. Sure. <laughs> but the, or tang- yeah, tangling the cord up in the grinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> Yeah, I have some short cords because of that. More on my drill, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the battery um, 
all the battery tools, chainsaws, everything is so much better now. Right. And yeah, it's just, I, I prefer to use the, the battery chainsaw if I can, mm -hmm. you know, for doing the detail stuff. So yeah, they're just so good now. Maybe this is just me, but at, at the end of the day, when I'm getting really tired and I'm doing detail work, it's really nice not to have to pull start anything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that is a good part of it. You can just pick it up and go. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So I saw, it looks like you do a lot of like large scale installations. Do you have any advice for how to install large scale work? Um. You mean the, to actually with the footings and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the way I do it um, for the – it's mostly for public works like playgrounds and things like that um, is I put um, uh, all-thread bar, which is like a galvanised um, – I usually use about 20 mil or you're in inches, um, three-quarter inch, um, all-thread bar, if you know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And I insert the bars in the base on an angle and, and then they – so they're on an angle in the base and then straight down to go in a concrete footing. And so they, you can't see them. And they can't be pulled off because they're on an angle. And um, they're very hard to cut off because they're under the, the base. So not many people can steal them. And I, I found that works really well. Haven't had any, haven't had any problem with them being taken yet. Well, there was one actually that got taken but they took the concrete footing as well oh wow <laughs> which would have been very heavy wow maybe this goes without saying but do you have the equipment to lift stuff yourself or do you hire someone to do it for you or work with the, the city or um if, it, if it's close by I've, I've got a tractor fairly big tractor with a front-end loader um so if it's within an hour, I can take that. Um, otherwise, if it's a long way away, I'll just get someone with an excavator or um, crane truck to place them. And then this is kind of going in a different direction, but what advice do you have for carvers about faces? Are there any tricks or tools to help with like small details? Uh, like I say, there's a lot better carvers with faces than me. You know, I do, I like to learn off the others, see how they do things. But I would say one of the main things with the faces is to try and get the eyes right. They're the main feature that, that um, well, it gives the character, I think. And, um, you know, I, I do quite a lot with Hikaru, and um, he's very good at him. 
uh, traces and getting expressions and whatever. And there's, there's a lot of really good face carvers, but I, I, I just think probably the main thing is getting the, the look in the eyes, the character. Okay. And do you, do you work your eyes with like chisels or do you get down to like Dremel tips or? Yeah, I thought you need the fine Dremel um, to to get the the pupil and the hole behind the. You got to have the um, the um, to you got to have the really fine bits to get the sparkle in the eyes. <laughs> if you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you want to um, leave a little. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you might come and carve the face and then find that uh, where the eyes are going, uh, it's not the best wood and that makes it difficult to get the finer, you know, finer parts of the eye. I've had that happen. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> or like or like one eye has really a really good wood and the other eye doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's why I always try to start with the face and pick the best part of the log and hoping that you don't come across a knot or a whatever right where the eyes are going to go. Sure. Yeah. Okay, next question. Mm -hmm. I've seen you use like some big supports on pieces, like a metal bar of some sort, like under a horse or something. Yeah. Um, what are they and like how do you use them? How do you insert them? Yeah, that would be the – I found that um, so you can have the horse's legs are so fine, they won't really support the weight of the body in the in wood. Yeah. Um, unless you had a, you know, the right base and then sort of have something resting against the back leg of the horse or something to support it. So I wanted to have them, their legs free. And mm -hmm. um, so I find the, the balance point roughly in the centre of the horse and drill a um, 50 mil or uh, two inch hole up from underneath. And then I put solid um, two inch round bar, solid bar up in there. And then a, a little plate welded to that that sort of sits flat against the bottom of the horse or whatever it is. And then uh, to put the, I've, I've done a few different ones. Some I've done a metal frame that you can pick up with a forklift um, and have the bar attached to that frame. The other way is um, I put the bar in a concrete footing that's movable, like make up a, a one-ton concrete block with a bar that fits in it where you have like a pipe and then a bar that fits in the pipe okay and then the weight of the 
the block is enough to to counteract the the weight of the horse and um and the the best part about it is you can turn them around <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know, I've got one here at the moment, a racehorse with a jockey in that, and we can turn it around to face whichever way, looking down the highway, the gallery, and um, so that's handy sometimes. Yeah, well, and I know sometimes I've gotten to, like, an installation and I thought I knew how it was going to look and then you want it facing a different way, so it'd be nice to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, it works. it works well that way. And and it's good when you're actually carving it too because you can just move it around to get the right light when you you know if there's a to keep it in the light where you're carving all the time. That would be yeah. nice because I'm, I'm working on a big carving right now that was hard to move at first, and I would want to turn it, and I didn't have that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it works well. I you just find the. Um, well, I start off with with the horses. I start off as the logs, obviously, so it's sitting on the ground. And then once I um, think that I can find the centre of it, then or roughly the centre, then I'll mount it on the the steel bar so that I can finish off the the bottom of the legs. It, it works. It works pretty well, but you do have to because there's so much because you're right in the centre of it. There's a lot of weight hanging off each side. So on the on the horses that I because I join logs together to get them mm-hmm. big enough. I put um, all thread bars right through from front to back with a nut on each end. Even though they've got the joins have got dowels and glue and that, I don't trust it. So drill right through the chest of the horse and out the back. I put a, a bar right through and tighten it up. At least it guarantees that it can't. <laughs> the the joins can't come apart. Right. No, that's good advice. Okay, and then my last question for you: Just do you have any other advice for other chainsaw carvers? Anything you can add? Not really. Uh, I just think it, it's. Uh, I really like going overseas and meeting all uh, different carvers. Um, you know, we've got friends all over the world now. Um, so I I don't have advice for them. It's just I I learn. I suppose the advice is to learn off everybody. You know, yeah. uh, everybody's got some really good stuff, and um, I think that's my only advice is to to learn off others and be friends. <laughs> well, I I appreciate you being on. Oh, thanks for having me, Molly. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Chainsaw Carving Podcast. Please be sure to check out our other episodes. And also, just to make sure that other carvers can find the podcast, if you could like it, share it, rate it, that would help out a lot. We really want to make sure that chainsaw carvers that are 
secluded or in remote areas or that don't get to go to carving events all the time can learn from and hear from carvers from all over the world.